Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Today's episode of the Inside EVs podcast is brought to you by E-Range EV Tire. E-Range EV Tires are specifically engineered for electric vehicles. Using an advanced manufacturing process called liquid phase mixing, E-Range EV's EcoPoint 3 technology creates a tire with lower rolling resistance and longer range while offering low levels of wear and high grip. All this while staying affordable. Go to erangetires.com. That's E-R-A-N-G-E, tires.com, to find your EV's next set of tires. Another episode of the Inside EV's podcast. Uh, my name is Seth Mearsma. I'm the editor-in-chief of Inside EV's and MotorOne.com. Um, and I'm actually just joining you for a minute today. I'm happy to say that I'm going to uh, be able to kick off to uh, to Alex Goy, who you haven't met before, one of our, our new hosts, uh, Hazel and Miss Go Electric, who we uh, spoke with last week. Um, I'm in Monterey, so I've got some work to do out here at uh, Pebble Beach and the Quail and stuff like that this week. But unfortunately, I'm stopping by this morning because I have some pretty sad news from the Inside EVs family. Um, viewers and listeners who have been following Inside EVs for a while will certainly recognize the byline of our senior editor, Stephen Loveday. Um, I found out a little less than a year ago that Stephen was going to have surgery to address um, cancer that they had discovered in his tongue and lymph nodes. And um, over the course of the year, um, Stephen has been sort of been in and out writing for the site when he was able and then um, undergoing lots of treatments and many surgeries um, to try and address this horrible problem in the meantime. And then unfortunately this week I got the news from Eric Loveday, who is our site's editor and Stephen's brother, um, that um, that he had entered hospice and was unresponsive, um, which is sort of the, where the story is now. So I wanted to share that with, again, I know that there's a lot of crossover between people who read, read the site every day and come to see the podcast um, and get their EV news in different ways. I've got to say that personally, um, I worked with Stephen a little bit in my first go around with the company a few years ago. And then again, obviously, over the last two years, I've always found him to be one of the most knowledgeable and passionate editors that I've ever worked with, honestly, certainly in the EV space. Um, I know that he's going to really be missed by you guys, his loyal readers, um, our, us, our, his coworkers, and of course, his family. So um, we, um, you know, all our hearts are breaking for uh, his wife, Janine, and their three kids and their family. We're going to share a link to a GoFundMe that the family has set up to try and defray some of the cost of the extensive, excuse me, uh, extensive medical bills and things like that. So um, we'll, we'll share that with you and anybody who's able to do anything. I know it's very much appreciated, but on that that note sorry to start so dour obviously um uh, big news inside our family but we've got a ton of stuff to talk about today we've got lots of evs debuting we've got one accidental sort of uh, uh hybrid to talk about i know alex been, has been driving miniature cars 
um, and the team has done, been doing uh, lots of kind of amazing stuff. So um, I will I will leave it at that. I will wave goodbye to everybody. Thanks everybody for joining us, and we will see you next week. I'll watch you guys online. Well, uh, thank you very much, Seth. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's Inside EVs. I'm I'm the new boy this week. Last week, you guys were, were the new boys. This week, I'm the new boy. Uh, hi, I'm Alex. I'm a, an automotive journalist. I say stuff at cameras and write words and stuff about cars. Uh, I think they're great. <laughs> uh, joining this week, we have the lovely Hazel Southwell. Say hello, Hazel. Hello. Hi, how you doing? Good week? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good week. Um, there's some cool stories that we've got to discuss. I'm going to get to mention fluids way too much. A lot um, of fluids coming yeah. up. A lot of fluids. I didn't think it was that kind of show, but apparently it is. Uh, and Misco Electric, lovely Lacey. Hello, how are you? Very good. How are you guys? Yeah. Everything yeah. Everything is shiny. What have you been up to this week? Anything good? Give us the skinny. Ooh, I mean, basically just what Hazel said. There are a lot of stories and I have been vicariously living through everyone that has been at Car Week and Monterey. So I am very jealous. Um but it's awesome to see all the content coming out of there because now it seems like everyone's revealing EVs there every year for the last, gosh, almost like 10 years, if not longer. So, Well, seeing as we're, seeing as we're talking about Car Week, let's start with it. There's been a lot going on. I'm also intensely jealous uh, of all the people that are out there because it looks bloody lovely. It's Hazel, you were about to say something. <laughs> I was. Uh, no, I was just going to say, like, Car Week. Like, every year I'm like, oh, you know, Car Week. I'm, I'm not bothered about Car Week. I'm not no. bothered that I'd have to get a transatlantic flight to go to Car Week. I'm not I'm not fussed that I'm not at Car Week. And then Car Week's happening. And I'm like... <laughs> I, just, I just always think, oh, it's, it's, it's like Goodwood, but the, the Americans need a week for it for some reason. We only need four days. Well, three days this year. But no, every, every year, just the news that comes out of it is incredible. So what have we been looking at this week, team? What have we got? There's a um, Rolls Royce. There's a Rolls Royce. Uh, the Rolls Royce Spectre, super shiny, beautiful thing. Um, and it's it's the uh, it's it's a sort of debut for the car uh, at uh, in, in North America at Car Week. The the picture they've sent out, the colour of that car is interesting. Um, if it's That's what the... Rolls does that. They always have, they come to these events and try to make a splash because as if the car isn't as uh, eye-catching enough. <laughs> I mean, it's, <clears throat> it, it's, it's a mix between terracotta and, and something, something you'd cough up after a heavy night. I mean, it's quite powerful, isn't it? It looks quite a lot like a faded Royal Mail van, which I'm aware is something only Alex will <laughs> It's an incredibly niche um, reference. But, uh, but for, 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 for our listeners uh, who, who don't quite understand that, uh, way, way, way back when, when Royal Mail was good and efficient, they bought lots of is it Ford Fiesta vans and, uh, and yeah. uh, Vauxhall Corsa vans, and they were all painted very badly, and they, all, they were bright red when they started, and then they went that colour. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's... 90s mauve or something like yeah I don't know, like very 90s color to me i don't know why it's a shade i would impulse buy as a lipstick yeah and never wear. <laughs> i think i have a suit that color actually um again impulse bought never worn uh what do we make of the what do you make of the specter because it's it's rolls royce's first ev it's 
it's that they say it's a Rolls Royce first and an EV second. Reviews have been quite positive about it. The pre-drives, I've I've spent a bit of time. I had a look at it tail end of last year when when they revealed it. It's it seems every inch a Rolls Royce. What what do we make of it? Well, as you know, um, uh, Alex and I know each other a bit, and the last few times we've met, I know you've had to listen to me uh, complaining about my chauffeur going on and on and on about like. He, he thinks that we should have like a more green vehicle. And so I was really pleased to finally be able to kind of quieten those concerns with the inspector. Um, I mean, my, 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 my chauffeur had similar concerns, except uh, I'd rather be in the back and have my own door rather than have to crawl in. Uh, via, mm. via, like that's very undignified. I did that when I was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I mean, I think that, you know, it just still makes me annoyed at this stage that there are still some luxury brands that haven't come out with any EV models because it's such a perfect fit. This is what the customer wants from Rolls Royce. I spent a lot of time. um, They were one of my clients for a, a long time. I launched the Ghost. I've done a lot of drives with customers and phantom and a bunch of their other products i haven't got my hands on this yet but uh i i love the idea of it i'm glad they're finally moving towards going electric because it just seems like a natural obvious fit their customers want a really quiet ride but to your point too most of them they they have a chauffeur so (laughs) this one they're gonna have to drive on their own yeah and so some, something where at the unveil, something that was noted is that Rolls Royce drivers are increasingly driving themselves now. Um, it's It was sort of noted with successive cars like the Dawn and the Wraith, um, where people would would buy the Rolls Royce for them and they'd want that little bit of sporting edge. So I, it kind of makes sense. I mean, they're, on the point that Rolls was taking a while to kind of get its act together, making an EV and entering the market. I mean, there's a little bit of, of cross brandonization um with with bmw obviously the two brands at the same time were thinking about the same thing and it made sense to for the two of them to talk at certain points and if you look at battery sizes and and things like that and ranges these things start to make a little bit of sense um but rolls rolls are saying that their 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 people their owners have have been crying out for it and now they feel they're or it feels it's in the right space to deliver i think i think it's a really cool car i want to have a go at it um, but from everything I've heard, it's it's every inch the Rolls Royce. And if there's any car manufacturer in the world, um, there's any car manufacturer in the world that would suit an electric powertrain properly, just as 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 part of the course, it's Rolls Royce. It it always will be because they've always been about being quiet, being quick, and being luxurious, and and that that just does it. Yeah, and it basically looks like the a lot of the innards are other than the powertrain ghost, like that next generation platform that is going to have like the planar suspension system. So I'm sure it's going to perform really well um, mm-hmm. as far as like comfort and all all that you would expect because all the rest of the stuff in there looks like it's ghost. Yeah. But that's not that's not a bad thing. Ghost's really nice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's good. <laughs> um, so moving moving slightly slightly uh, less premium, uh, the Acura ZDX. Something Hazel and I 
would know very little about because we don't get Akiris in in our on our tiny little island uh, because we um, because yeah we, we we get Hondas and that's about it. So Lacey, what can you tell us about the new ZDX? Yeah, so um, Acura came out. It used to be the Precision concept that they announced last year at Car Week. And now it's finally going into production. And many of you probably already know this, but it is on the Ultium platform. It's going to be basically a Cadillac Lyric, but with the Acura pizzazz to it. Um, but 325 mile range, um, you'll have a couple different variants, a Type S or a A spec, I believe it was called. But essentially, uh, price point is going to start around 60,000. And then the uh, higher end spec is going to be around 70,000. That's all they've really said to us as far as specifications go. Uh, but 500 horsepower, I mean, pretty much what you would expect out of the Lyric, you're going to get out of this Acura, except for a little bit different, of course, brand identity. I like the design of it. I think it looks good on the exterior. And I think we need more EVs that are, you know, kind of less polarizing design that appeal to a wider audience. And I think that does this. Uh, the interior I had a lot of people commenting when I was posting the specifications of this on my um, X account is they think that the interior is not as premium as what they would expect for a luxury car. But to me, I've always just thought like, yeah, Acura, they are the premium segment. They are the luxury category, but also mm. they've, they've always in my mind been like value oriented so they competed more with like the lincolns of the world and the cadillacs of the world and not to say that they're not like super luxurious but i would argue that if you're used to like a mercedes quality then this is probably not like as luxurious feeling to you but there's I a think... lot of leather in there but also a worrying amount of plastic is that yes what you're yeah. <laughs> yes quite a bit um but it has google built in which is i i absolutely love that system um you GM's pretty much going that route. Uh, it has a 3,500 pound towing capacity. So it looks like spec wise, it's gonna be pretty good. 102 kilowatt hour battery pack, um, 190 kilowatt DC fast charging. Uh, so spec wise, I think it looks pretty good and I'm happy to see more of this form factor um, come to the market or for people who might be loyalist to Acura or just want something that looks a little bit different. Uh, purely on the looks front. Hazel, I, th I think you and I would quite like to see a Honda badged one of those driving down the street. That would be quite cool. It it does look quite cool, um, and I'm kind of like I'm kind of glad Lizzie brought up like non polarizing looks. Um, <laughs> oh, oh no. here we go! I've... Here we go! Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, look, I'm already. I decided I was going to be the villain of this podcast, and I'm doing it um, because, uh, like. Um, I mean, it looks fine. It looks like a, a fairly large, from a UK perspective, SUV. Um, but also, uh, I noticed that like a lot of the push is that this is going to be the fastest accelerating, most powerful SUV ever, which, aside from the fact that the numbers don't really suggest that, yeah. um, it does sort of look like a, a half price, I mean, literally half the price version of the BMW iX without that big front grille that I ended up I mean if anything lacking. that's an improvement frankly but you know oh and technically what is it like <laughs> way less than half <laughs> the iX is pretty expensive yeah it's a very uh, the iX is a very very spendy car no matter no matter how you look at it and which and which power train you get in it um if we're gonna talk uh well, well sorry 
there's one there's a couple more things from Monterey I want to talk about before we move on to our next kind of uh, our, our next big chunko story um the thing that uh that's that's kind of appealed to me is the uh so Bentley has made a little blower so the blower is the kind of their legendary race car that wasn't was legendarily bad at racing it kept eating its spark plugs and it was it was a supercharged thing i think uh ettore bugatti called them the world's fastest lorries or something like that um and there's a company based in vista in the uk called the little car company and it makes little versions of big cars um they started off with a, a bugatti type 35 again old school race car they did an aston martin uh, vantage like the bond car they did a bond edition with chain guns in the headlights it's all very cool um they've done a ferrari testarossa j which is uh, an officially licensed ferrari product you order them through ferrari dealerships there it is there it is on the on the on the site um and now they've done a bentley blower now what makes this fascinating is that it's 85 percent size uh 85% of the size of the full fat blower which even though it is vast we're talking like Range Rover big kind of uh you can get four people in it but you're very hemmed in because the wheels go very far out but the actual the fuselage of the thing is very narrow um at 85% you can only fit two people in it uh you sit you sit tandem <laughs> I'm so glad you clarified that because I was like, how are you getting four people in that? You are not it's getting four people in the little one. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's not, it's, it's, so it's 85% and I heard, 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 it's about the size of a Mark 1 Golf. Um, but the interesting thing is, if you see the, the image on your screen or those of you who are listening, uh, I, there, there's a number plate on it. It's road legal. It's a car. It's an actual it's car. It's a car. <laughs> it's a real car that you can park on your driveway so that the, the the blower's kind of standard uh the, the blower's signature thing is it's supercharger bolted to the front um and on the the little car company one on the blower junior that's where you charge it from it's it's mad i there's no word on pricing yet um the the thing about it that uh that appeals to me is that with everything the little car company does everything is is perfect so it is a replica of Bentley's blower. So the, the blower they modeled us off is, is team car number two. It raced at Le Mans back in the 20s. It's a, a, a truly bizarre little thing. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's one of Bentley's Monterey unveils. The next one, it'll be later today. So a little bit after we've recorded and they, they say it's a new flagship. But this, I mean, one, two questions. One, would you? And two, if you saw it on the street, what would you think? I would, and I can tell you exactly what I want to do with that, which is that I want to take it to the Shelsley Walsh hill climb. Um, and like Shelsley Walsh is, is, a, is the oldest continuously running motorsport facility in the world. And it's a, a very steep hill climb in the kind of the Midlands of the UK. Um, so sort of the Pikes Peak of the UK in the sense it's like a lot smaller and generally kind of quainter. And it's, um, it's, it's covered in men with beards going oh nice nice time oh, yeah but because this is electric it was um probably monster the hill because you'd like the talk is obviously there um and yeah i'm i want to run up a really old hill climb in this that thing is awesome but still 
it's it's wicked. It's one of my favouritest things uh, to come out of Monterey so far. Uh, one more little bit of Monterey news um, that we just wanted to kind of shoehorn in. It might, might not might not be everyone's cup of tea. The Zenvo Aurora. It's a hybrid, not a proper EV, but the hybrid means it can have fourteen hundred and fifty horsepower. For Zenvo, how much? Uh, for for how much? Um, um, <laughs> Um, two 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 point eight three million dollars. Oh, uh, it's it's an affordable car. It's it's affordable car. There are, there, there are two versions of it. How many tourists can you get for that? <laughs> How many would you want? <laughs> um, are yeah, billionaires it's... still buying cars? Yes. Yeah, they got to park I, I... their money somewhere. In in worrying amounts, I think. So this so the the, the company Zenvo. Um, was was founded by a man called Trolls, who is hilarious because he used to. Yes, he, it's real. Uh, he's he's from Denmark. He's he's a very very lovely guy. He got his start uh, basically in a tuning shop in Denmark, uh, and all they did was just built cars with millions of horsepower. He then decided he wanted to build his own, so he built the Zenvo, and he wanted to be a lightweight, moderately powered thing. And then his kind of his id took over and went all the power. So they built these like turbocharged supercharged monstrous v8s um with i think 1200 horsepower was the tsrs and, it, and they have wings that do that and sort of they're quadrupedal or something they're ludicrous and this is kind of zenvo's first attempt to at something a little more polished because the, the problem with zenvo's previously i think at least was that they were they were a little bit you know you could see the money went into the engine but not into things like fit and finish or into other tech whereas this looks kind of aston valkyrie-esque um yeah it's it's quite the thing i think it looks like something you'd find in a grand theft auto game it, it is cool looking and like i am impressed by the lightweighting um in terms of uh so the the version of it that comes with um, three electric motors to because like it didn't have enough horsepower in the first place. Obviously, that's the, is, is that the, the agile, which is the, the track one? Uh, oh no, so that, that, that's the, the tour, tour, the the, tour, tour. the, the, the um, not track one. So that's only um, three thousand one hundred ninety-seven pounds allegedly. I don't know if that's curb weight or or what, but um, so given all of those motors um the fact it does have an internal combustion engine the fact it must be carrying well that might be unfueled weight as well yeah. um etc uh like that is an impressive piece of light weighting it does look cool uh, if you're a billionaire who either knows how to throw something around a track or thinks they know how to throw something around a track then like hello here's something to spend your money on there yeah. are a lot of those actually there are a lot of those. <laughs> fun, fun fact fun zenvo fact the uh the ceomd boss man of lego drives a zenvo interesting i would yeah. say I that it kind of looks from the side profile it reminds me of the senna just because of the cutouts on the door and stuff like that yeah you know? but I don't know. If I, if I had that money, that's probably not. Obviously, I'm partial because I am Miss Go Electric. So I want to go electric true. completely, battery true. electric only. But it's, um, it is a bit of a cheat, I'll admit. But it's a, a very big, silly hypercar. 
and uh, at least at least it's a kind of nod to electrification using it for power and performance uh, so far soon it'll just be soon they'll soon they'll go all ev eventually but i wonder whether there'll be one of those stop out brands that go we're never going to go electric because blah, 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 blah. well you um, know that that's just so funny to me because a lot of the big like the guys that have started these small coach build type companies or low volume hypercar companies, Koenigsegg or Hennessy, like these guys daily drive Model S's, like they drive electric cars, like they're not bashing them or anything. So I think that it's just a matter of time that they, they bring the, it's more of like a cultural political thing than anything, mm. in my opinion, that they just see it as, you know, oh, they're, they're taking away our guns, you know, like <laughs> they're taking away our cylinders. Right. <laughs> oh, v8 no, don't till don't... i die exactly um but you know if evs can continue to win on merit then yeah. eventually we will get them all <laughs> eventually soon soon uh another couple of uh another couple of quick bits from monterey um that kind of that are actually uh ev pin in farina's done a um a barchetta version of the batista hypercar it is very expensive uh and it's very very quick uh, not 60 in less than two seconds, more than 186 miles an hour. Deeply, deeply cool. It looks mega. Um, and what was the other thing? Oh, and uh, Jensen Button off of winning Formula One has finally specced his Lotus Evaya and it's white with green bits on it. Uh, it's great. Uh, <laughs> I like it. It's it's a beauty. Uh, but let us return to more stable ground. Uh, let's talk about Fisker. How are you feeling about Fisker? The LOL. Day... Stable. LOL. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, true, true, true. This is mm. this is famously the man who founded the who brought out the VLF Force One, which uh, was a Dodge Viper in a very pretty dress if memory serves, and it used a uh, Volkswagen lettering on the back, um, which made me laugh heartily. But it it revealed thousands of new cars in a sort of 2010 Lotus-esque manner going, we've got loads of new cars for you. Um, where do you guys want to start with this? Because my my brain kind of, I, I, I went a little bit cross-eyed and confused because there are so many of the things. This is typical fashion for Henrik. Um, <laughs> this is just what he does. Yes, this is what he does. I think he's kind of like reined himself in a little bit because he's got a public company now because he's backed so he's got to kind of be careful with what he says but you know i get a lot of people that ask me like oh why don't you talk about fisker a lot a lot it's like because i know his history and i know that he mm. is like a good marketer like he says a lot of things and a lot of things might not be exactly on par with the course so yeah. i think you just got to be careful with him and i know that he's delivered his first ocean which is yes, but great. He's, he's been promising to deliver his first ocean for how long now? Yes. Six for years? a very long time. And yes. he's already showing off more concept cars or more like pre-production versions of what he plans to come out with. And don't get me wrong. I do want to see more EVs, different companies coming out with different products. And I think they look pretty cool. I mean, he's a brilliant designer. As we know, he's penned some of the most iconic cars the bmw z8 um he's 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 done brilliant things but he just is in my opinion not very trustworthy so i always like <laughs> take it with a grain of salt whatever he's doing um and conflicted about fisker really need the affordable entries i agree with you steve like it's 
it's awesome that he's saying, but I, I really want to know, like, h- how is he going to hit these price points? Mm. I've, I've seen some reviews. Um, technically, the ocean starts, you know, in the in the 30s, and that that's really wonderful. I just, you know, he's contract manufacturing. Can you get enough volume going to be able to get those price points down? I don't know. What do you guys think? Hazel, I, you go. You go. Be be the villain. Twirl the mustache because I'm curious to see what you have to say about this. So I think I've met Henrik a few times at various things, and he seems like a really sincere guy. He's someone who's clearly really excited by what he's doing and by the ideas he's able to come up with, and like what he's able to kind of envision. And and he's someone who's like constantly moving on to the next idea. But what he's thinking about with those ideas is is very much kind of like looking at what people need um looking at things like the ambition to make not because you know a few years ago Fisker were talking about like all solid state batteries and ludicrous performance and now they've kind of moved away from that and they're much more like honestly (laughs) I think honestly like they're making him be honest like you can't just go out and say all this crazy stuff anymore (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, th- it's, I, think- I, I, I guess that they take notice from another EV uh, man yeah. <laughs> who says, oh, yeah, it's going to fly. And then all of a sudden stuff goes up and down and, and well, mostly down uh, and people get cross. So you can't spout nonsense. That's bad. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I don't think it's necessarily nonsense when Henrik Fisk is saying it. I think it's something where he's done some beautiful drawings where he's worked something out. And he sat down and had like a big think about it. Like he is an inventor. He is a designer. He is someone who actually understands how cars work. Um, It's just that it's a bit like when authors have a really successful series and then they don't really get edited towards the end of it. And the books kind of deteriorate quite substantially or like films or whatever. Um, And I feel a bit like everyone's too in awe of Henrik Fisker's mind to be like, okay, cool, but, like, we'll go away and make this happen. You sit in your shed and invent some more stuff <laughs> or something. Like, you need to give him some 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 a, a, an iPad and a pen and some fuzzy felt and just pop him in a corner and go, right, we'll actually work out. If you've told people there's going to be a shape, uh, we'll figure out what it all is. Um, let's have a quick rundown of the cars. So the pair, the Personal Electric Automotive Revolution says it'll be less than $30,000 um, with incentives that's just under 22 and a half. Um, is it possible to do that? What do we, what do we reckon? So he says, you know, th- th- there'll be a motor with a, there'll be a version with two motors and 300 mile range and things like that. Um, it's probably going to be a single motor variant that hits that price point if at all. But, you know, it's interesting because, you know, he's supposed to be making this with Foxconn in Ohio at the Lordstown plant, but it's technically not like sealed. The deal isn't sealed for that. So if they can get that done in Ohio by Foxconn, is that viable? And with those incentives obviously made here in the U.S., mm-hmm. where their battery is going to come from, like what, you know, potentially it has the ability to do that. I don't see it being like, it's a cool design. 
oh, this solar panel really just drives me crazy because it's just a marketing ploy. But um, yeah, I think that eventually maybe they can hit these targets, but it's going to be really challenging, especially if this isn't coming out for a couple more years. Like, that's what I thought was kind of crazy about the ocean is that they said, okay, it's going to hit that $35,000 price point, but then it took so long to get out. And some people in the comments are saying that they, they're still waiting for their um, pre-order since 2019. And yeah, like uh, prices are changing. Like things are getting expensive. How are they going to be able to do that? Mm, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's look for the asterisks. Are going up. Yes, uh, Steve in the comments said 25k before or after incentives. Always look for the asterisk. Um, yeah, I mean, if if raw material costs go up again, which let's face it, the world is knackered, probably will. Um, it's going to end up being more expensive. It's always the danger of saying, ah, yes, it will start at this. Maybe like the thirty-five thousand dollar Model Three that did briefly exist for for a second or two, right? Mm -hmm. um, the the thing the thing that worries me is re reading the the story. The CEO said the pair is aimed towards digital natives. Get in the bin! Come on, it's, it's it, digital natives. Do it that TikTok. <laughs> like, also, well, I, mean, like, I mean, the the, the, who's the, the a new digital Mercedes native. We're all young, or like we're all in a demographic that would technically be classed as digital natives. I think just about in just, the sense just that just teach. I, we I think we 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 are of a generation where um, we grew up before the internet, but mostly with. So I think we would be. I, I think people five ten years younger are true digital natives because they you know came out of the womb with an iPad and a set of giant <laughs> headphones on uh, to make car journeys uh, a lot easier. Um, but yeah, this this whole like, oh, yeah, it's for digital natives because it's cheap. Well, come on. Oh, well, uh, but he, thankfully that's, that's his thing is he throws every like spark buzzword marketing word at the, you know, it's like Faraday Future. They just deliver their first car and they like throw all these like crazy words in there like AI infused, blah, blah, blah. It's like, <laughs> I get well, what you're trying to do. <laughs> you, you, every you buzzword in the book. I get it. Is, uh, I mean, who's this, giving the advice to say, yeah, just just f f digital natives. That's the phrase. Go on, Henrik. Off you go. <laughs> that's him. That's just him. He just, that's that's, just him. He, he exudes that. <laughs> uh, so we have the pair. We also have I'm going to save the Ronin till last. Let's have a look at the Alaska. What do we think of the Alaska? Um, it's a pickup truck that somehow gets bigger. Um <laughs> Not quite like that Audi, uh, not Urban Sphere, the, the Active Sphere pickup that it's an extending wheelbase vehicle. Uh, with, with the Alaska, it's uh, a modified ocean platform. They say 340 miles, allegedly entering production beginning of 25. Uh, but it, it's, its party piece is, is this rolled down mid-gate, the, the Houdini trunk um, that means it can have a, a load bed from four and a half feet to 9.2 feet. What do we make of this? I mean, it's an angry looking thing, isn't it? I think it looks pretty good. I like the size, you know, it kind of looks like a mashup between like an R1T and a Santa Cruz, in my opinion. Um, but again, it's just like, okay, maybe we'll see it in 2025. I like the idea of the mid gate expanding it to like nine foot to be able to take more with you and that's practical it's but yeah i just we'll see we'll see it's just always we'll see with him with him <laughs> if that mid gate 
gets past crash testing, I will be amazed. Well, Silverado's coming out with something like that. Mm, I sort of think And they've that... had it in the GM lineup for a while. Mid-keys. Yeah, I don't know if I trust Fisker to deliver something that would actually get through crash or like like decent testing in quite the same way that I think that, I, I do think it's something that is possible but especially given this is fundamentally the ocean platform and like kind of a little bit I'm, I'm not convinced by that if it does arrive I don't think it's going to have that I mean it's, it's, it, it's a neat thing but yeah as, as you say it does raise it does raise um, does raise some concerns um, let's roll on to uh the the third the third of the four hang on where is it i've lost it uh my mind and where i am in my notes hooray well done Alex. um not the ronin that's saying that fast the force e now the force e is an ocean with bits on by the looks of it. it's an ocean designed to go properly off-road and it's got lots of cool things and yeah, I'm. I get why. I think it's a nice option so that people can spend more money on their car. It's a nice way to say you're a rugged type. Why not take it off road? But is it a bit too soon for them to be talking about stuff like that? Is it to try and re-engage people? Um, what What are you guys thoughts? I think they're just trying to repackage something that they are getting their first deliveries out of. So that's my opinion. A lot of automakers do this where they. You know, they have a thing and it's, you know, similar to what we just saw with uh, the Ford, the Maki rally that is, uh, you know, repackage it, do something a little spicy, a little different. And, uh, you know, that way you don't have to add more as far as development costs and things like that. It's a few extra cool things and maybe some software adjustments and uh, yeah, then get it out the door. <laughs> Get out the door, put bits on it, yeah. send it out, make people happy, make some money. Um, so the, fi- the final car is the one that appeals to me because I'm a child. Uh, it's the Ronin. Now, Fisker himself, he's got, he's got experience with supercars. He's got experience with fast stuff. Some of them good, some of them not. Um, the Ronin is a thousand horsepower supercar, hypercar. Does a thousand horsepower make it a hypercar? I... I mm. Not sure. Not it's sixty. Not real. It's not real. Well, yes. Th- this is the thing. <laughs> it's expected to launch in the US by the end of 2025. They say it'll have a thousand horsepower. It's all-wheel drive. It's got a trick roof that doesn't. That's not supposed to eat up too much luggage space. It's supposed to be um, a super like a. It's it's it looks super cool. I mean, you you can't deny that that's very. It's quite a pretty car. It would certainly. It looks like an Alpine that's been modified by a boy racer. A boy. Oh, oh, that's like, sorry. I think it looks really naff, but something <laughs> where they could have done literally anything because this car isn't real. Yes, I mean, that is the problem. So, they, they say it's the Rones expected to launch the US by the end of 2025. How many times have we heard with the mega with, with mega fast cars? Oh, it'll come out then. I mean, what are we still waiting for? Lots of goodies. I mean, I'm interested, like, okay, so he had the e-motion concept, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was a somewhat similar form factor, like small car. Like, did he completely abandon that? Like, what's the deal there? I know that 
he was saying for a little while, as Hazel mentioned, that he was going to do a solid state and, and that was kind of like shelved. But what happened to the emotion? Maybe it wasn't digital native enough. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe, Maybe so. so. Um, so, yes, uh, Henrik Fisker and his and his many, many cars and his box of delights and dreams. Uh, I, I wish them, I, I genuinely look forward to seeing it because, as you were saying, Eddie Lacey, like, more manufacturers more shapes more variety in this uh in this space is good because with with evs obviously it's it's kind of reset it's, it's leveled the playing field people can get involved in it from now and not be and not have too much heat but if they keep saying this is coming this is coming this is coming and then failing to deliver there will be some eyebrows um now i want to move on to something completely different because hazel would like to talk about lube. I would. <laughs> Hazel, um, tell us about lube. What is so, going on? Um, this was something I was I was reading about yesterday and I ended up kind of like sending um, Seth a pitch where I was like, I want to talk about this because I think it's really interesting. It's not actually a like particularly super new story, It's um, but, but it's something where there's been kind of like some development since it was was originally announced. Um, and that's the Total Energies, who are, of course, actually a petrochemical company, um, uh, have developed a water-based um, lubricant for electric vehicle transmission systems. Um, uh, or like generally for, for the for electric vehicles, um, <clears throat> which is really exciting, um, even if it was at lab stage, but they have also used uh, a Formula E car to actually benchmark it against an existing oil-based um, lubricant. So they know that it has the, the required performance to be in. What <clears throat> a lot of people have like views on Formula E, but they are like race cars that endure very high temperatures, um, a lot of kind of abuse bluntly of of the motor like they run obviously a lot harder than a than a normal road going ev etc um and so and they're using you know parts that, that undergo a lot of friction um so <clears throat> this was was a really interesting story to me because basically all of the although oil changes don't really need to take place hugely often in evs it has been kind of disappointing that a lot of EVs end up with a bit of fossil fuel stuck in them. Mm. Um, because if you're using oil-based lubricants, that tends to be the default. There are some synthetic uh, oil-based lubricants that, that people like Shell are developing, but then that has a huge energy cost in terms of manufacturing that. So if you could make a water-based one, that would be great, especially because it's it's better thermally, it's better at reducing wear um, and, and you know, there's, there's some genuine advantages to it um, beyond just the, the, the let's not put oil in things. Um, uh, but the understanding had been for quite a long time that you just couldn't really do it with EV systems, partly because of the high voltage and partly because you simply couldn't make it slippery enough <laughs> effectively. Um, so it's cool that this has actually been developed, um, that it has been proven to be good enough to be used in a, in a race car, um, and that it's been benchmarked against the oil-based ones. Um, it's something, it's a detail, 
But if you own an EV, it's the kind of detail where it is relevant. It is something that, you know, when options like this hit the market, that will improve meaningfully the performance and, and life of, of kind of elements of your vehicle. And, and yeah, so it was just a story that I thought was interesting enough to talk about, basically. Um, interesting, too, is I just watched um, Monroe Live just put out a video because they are comparing the dual motor Rivian uh, Enduros, the new Enduro motors and the um, quad motors that Bosch provided for them for the first, you know, platform for R1T and R1S. But uh, they actually talked a little bit about that, about the switch from the quad motor from Bosch was a glycol water-based type mixture which is not necessarily ideal and that the new enduro motors have an oil-based uh system and sandy was pointing out that that was yeah here's the video it's actually a really great video i I, i'm very interested in this kind of stuff i mean i'm not like an expert on it but i always love to learn more about the engineering inside of this kind of thing and um, they did a great job with talking about some of the differences between those and I'm invested because I have an R1T order so uh, I'm really hoping I'll get those enduro motors and I really want them to put a heat pump in it when I get mine so I'm just staying like really uh, eyes peeled on this it's a really cool video if you guys are interested in it and seeing what the difference between those uh, two motors are fantastic so on slightly less luby news um should we should we move on to our uh, to to uh, Tesla corner? It's time to talk Tesla. Um, Tesla news. Love a bit. Of, I I love that. That's great. Tesla news. It's like a robot shouting into my soul. Um, so there's three three kind of big Tesla things this week. The first is the Tesla uh, Universal Wall Connector, which is it's just a game changer straight out there straight out the, straight out the box because it means anyone can charge anything and off of it and it's brilliant yeah if you haven't seen it it's basically the magic dock of the home charging station so essentially you have the regular tesla nax connector and then the holster on the side of it is the adapter as well so you just press that little button on top of the adapter and it releases so you can charge not only a Tesla NAX compatible vehicle, but you can have a J1772. So this is awesome for people who have a two EV household that aren't driving just Tesla models. But I also think it's so cool because I'm the type of person I, I have like everything is electric pretty much at my house. I have an electric lawnmower, but I want to get like so many other things as far as electric recreational uh, products. So in, in the news this week, that was kind of like minor news, but the Orca, which is uh, Tyga's all-electric jet ski. Uh, like, I could see me plugging that using this connector, too. So it has so much, uh, you know, versatility. And Tesla makes great products. So I think this is so brilliant. I'm so happy that they came out with this. And a pretty dang good price point, considering it's $595. That price point is is to me like the really exciting thing about it. Um, yeah, I think I think the fact it's something that reasonably, you know, if if you're if you're buying an, an EV anyway, that's well within range, uh, or like that's a that's a pretty no brainer purchase. Um, that yeah, if they can actually deliver it at that price and at scale. 
um and with good installations then like that's great yeah and it's 48 amps so it's pretty much going to fulfill pretty much everyone's needs so i mean it, it just i'm i'm so happy about this it looks so good i i, I don't want to replace mine because i don't need to but i'm just going to use an adapter when i get my r1t but ugh, i'm kind of tempted like it's such an elegant solution yeah, it's 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 they they've looked at the problem again. Like this is how we fix this. This is how we make it accessible for everybody. And it kind of it removes that. It's like the the uh, the old days of mobile phones or cell phones. Where uh, does anyone have a Nokia charge? You don't have a Samsung charge. You don't have this. That it removes that, which is excellent. It's the, the, the it's it's sort of a USB C, but just with a plastic bit on it. It it's yeah. It's it's a it's a really brilliant solution. Um, there has been a cyber truck spotted. Well, there's been cyber trucks spotted. The first one spotted uh, is that it's been uh, it's been seen with uh, crash crash ready completed crash ready markings on it, which means the big shiny pointy thing is on its way, or it's closer to being on its way. Yeah, it's it's maybe several. Uh, collisions closer to to being on its way. Um, uh, it's it's called cool that it's being crash tested. Mm. Um, I hope that the crash testing was successful for all the people who have ordered a Cybertruck and would like them to arrive. Uh, yeah, um, we'd like them to arrive two years ago or whenever it was supposed to be. Mm. But at least something's being done, and that's that's quite. It's it's easy to kind of go. Ugh. It's uh, for, for for the cynics. It's quite easy easy to um to to kind of go. Oh, look at them! They've done a thing. But at least something's happening, which must be some small solace. Yeah, um, this is a meaningful like waypoint in terms of getting closer to that final form that will be the production vehicle. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a good uh, final bit of uh, of our Tesla news, and this one is kind of a bit. This one, this one is exciting because one's been spotted moving. Someone got some drone footage of the uh, the Cybertruck driving in real time. Uh, it, well, one, it moves. Two, it's very shiny, which we like. Uh, and three, it seems to be quite agile. Um, it's got it's this this film shows off its, uh, its its rear steer. It shows off what what it can do. What do you guys make of it? What what it, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think if you're going to have a truck like this, it's got to have, you know, pretty decent turning radius because it looks huge. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen it in person, but it just looks monstrous. So I'm happy to see that it has rear wheel steer. I've seen videos before of it driving um, prior to this that kind of showcase that. But it looks like we're getting closer and closer. And I mean, some people are saying maybe we'll hit that September, you know, delivery event and i don't know i last week i said that i don't know if it'll even happen before the end of the year but maybe i'm wrong i mean i hope i'm wrong but the thing is is typically like i think it's probably going to be how they did with the model y 4680 essentially they had employees get the first you know batch of them and then they didn't release it to consumers for months after the fact so i don't know what do you guys think i i I think that it's still going to be quite a bit of time since these are, you know, crash testing vehicles. I mean, I, I know we was chatting about this a little bit before the podcast went live, but um, it's great to see what's 
actually quite an expensive vehicle doing basic driving and maneuvers at low speed, I guess. Um, yeah. Like, I don't want to sound too mean there, but I, because, you know, I don't, I don't know what Tesla were aiming to get out of this particular drive. And it's the media who have subsequently into, or like it's us who've interpreted as like, oh, it does a really good UE and things. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, um, uh, I mean, we are seeing more and more of them around and like the crash testing is, is obviously, it, it, all of this is meaningful um, steps. Uh, I it's You're struggling there. nothing I, is I, happening I, that blows me away yeah I, it's it's the the fact that so much is being made of the fact that it's been seen out and about I think is indicative of of the hunger for it because clearly there is I mean you've not only you've got the hardcore the the, the Tesla hardcore but you've also got the people who were so wowed by this way back when I know a couple of people who are like I put a deposit down I was like why you live in London but um it's the fact that it's one, it exists, two, it does actually move. We've seen it moving. Uh, the rear steer thing, it does look cool and it does make what is clearly a massive vehicle. Like as uh, I've, I've been nowhere near it. Funnily enough, they don't do much testing around zone two. Um, so I haven't seen one. I did see a Lotus Elettra the other day. That was weird. Um, it's, it, it, it's cool. Um, I'm, and it does weirdly from that kind of top-down view, I know the video is going on on the screen at the moment. The, st the story is on uh, on the inside EVs, but if you look at it from that from that top-down view, I, I, I like I I, I kind of like the shape of it, and I didn't before, but I, it's kind of growing on me. But that's just me, okay. maybe. A, okay, all right. Well, um, <laughs> right before we send everyone off to their Fridays, full in plenty, well, full of plenty of EV knowledge. It is game time. Are we ready? Are we ready? So uh, your challenge is you have to pick one EV, but in uh, in honour of Car Week in 2050, what do you think? Which EV do you think is most likely to show up at the Pebble Beach Concord? We've done the Dawn Raid. We've gone out. We've seen all the, the Jaguar XKs and we've seen the D-types. We've seen all those weird Delahays and the old Mercs with questionable pasts pushed out ready to be inspected by people in Panama hats with odd coloured trousers and quaffing champagne, even though they drove there. Um, but what in 2050 do you think will be representing uh, EVs? Which EV do you think will be there and why? This is important. Hazel, I nominate you. <laughs> okay um so as part of my podcast villainy i have to apologize because i have just realized i've picked another car that is not available in the u.s but that to be fair was part of my logic for why it might turn up as something where people were like oh this is kind of an exciting thing to see um so i think um when the nissan leaf was uh, well not when it was first being built but a few years in um the uneasy sisterhood between nissan and renault uh, was on one of its kind of like chummier <laughs> situations um and they used the same platform to build a renault called the zoe um uh, which is a fairly bog standard little electric vehicle much like um this is one that was used uh, filled with flowers Pictured, pictured currently having driven through the Chelsea Flower Show. Yes. 
Um, I quite like this as like a concept for how it might be displayed at uh, Monterey Car Week. Um, this was actually something to do with like um, uh, flagging up uh, the extinction of wildflowers in the UK. Um, but yeah, uh, it's 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 a fairly standard little electric vehicle. Um, and I quite like the idea that, you know, like these relatively early, relatively low range vehicles um, that didn't have hugely impressive features, but were like the first of the, or among the first of the modern era of electric vehicles will kind of become beloved little classics. A bit like, I guess, like Volkswagen Beetles or something where it's like, well, it's not a performance car, is it? But like, no. there's quite a lot of them where people are like, oh, but it's cool. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, that, that was my pick for, I think it would be an interesting, uh, or, or a leaf to be fair, like, like I gratuitously went for the Zoe cause I like this set of photos. Um, <laughs> That's yeah. entirely fair. It's very, um, it's, it looks, it looks gorgeous having driven through Chelsea. Um, <laughs> there's a, there's a fun thing about the Renault Zoe when they, when they were bringing it out, uh, a lady called, uh, Zoe Renault tried to take legal action along with a couple of other Zoe Renaults, I believe, uh, because they didn't like the idea of being called a small hatchback, small electric hatchback. They didn't win, obviously, because uh, the car exists. Uh, Miss Go Electric, Lacey, what you got for us? What do okay. you think will be there well, in the gin-soaked masses? Yeah, this was tough for me because I had two in my mind. Naturally, I gravitated towards the Tesla Roadster because I was like, you know, it's such an icon. It kind of like just started the whole movement. Um, but I ultimately went with the Remats Concept 1. And Ooh, the reason sad. why is because there were only eight of them made. And I took this picture. You guys, they have one for sale in Manhattan at Manhattan Motors. I took this picture back in March of 2022 and it's still available. <laughs> so if you're in the market for a multi-million dollar hypercar <laughs> that's electric that it's you want to take to the Pebble Beach Concours in 2050. Um, yeah, I mean, our, our chauffeurs are now very happy. I think lovely car has no. been been uh, posturing as to what our chauffeurs will be driving. Uh, I think I think Hazel, I'll, I'll flip a coin for it. Heads, heads, <laughs> heads, I'll buy it. Tails, you buy it. The reason why I picked this was for a, a, a couple of, I mean, I love that it's pushed the edge to performance back when it was initially announced in like, what, 2013 or 20, something like that, the early 2010s. But um, yes, there were only eight of them. And I think the story is what is fun about it. Because when you go to these Concours events, you want to not only see an amazing car, but you want to hear the stories behind it. And I don't think anyone will ever forget that Richard Hammond crashed this and James May broke his leg. So <laughs> <laughs> I really just think that the whole package, it's an incredible high performance vehicle. And it was at its time, just uh, the fastest uh, production performance car that was mm. electric and only eight of them. So it's extremely rare. So it just fits into that like Concours mentality. Whereas Imagine the, the, the Nevera, common as muck. Job. Oh, sorry, Alex. Yeah, common. So as the, the the Nevera, it's it's follow Look up. That common as muck. One point six million. That's insane. That a... How has oh, no one scooped that. that up? No idea. Like, um, sit on that, and it just you'll be able to sell it at one of the Sotheby auctions or something like that at Pebble in twenty fifty. Come on, I just see it. It's so clear. Easily, and you don't need to worry about the engine seizing up. It'll be fine. Um, 
I have uh, I, I I did pick one for this because I was curious to see what oddity. I was almost very cross with you, Hazel, for picking a Nissan Leaf, but I didn't pick any <laughs> Nissan Leaf. I picked the Leaf Nismo RC from 2011. So that's a standard Leaf. Uh, the Nismo RC, yes. full carbon body, um, everything stripped out, exactly the same powertrain. So it's still got a dizzying 107 horsepower and 207 <laughs> pound foot. Uh, the set, so it was taken to the Goodwood Festival of Speed, and uh, the, I, I was reading the press releases about it, and it said it was designed to show that EVs can be fast and exciting. This is 2011. This is Nissan giving it a proper heave-ho, which I, th I think is brilliant. It looks great. It did the, the Goodwood Hill Run in 60.16 seconds, and at the time, the, the record was 42.6 or whatever it was, 42 seconds, a Nick Heidfeld uh, time. Um, the, the kind of one car. In an F1 car, yes, uh, which has been broken by the Mercury spieling, which I really want to go in. Um, the, the other interesting bit to, 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 to this story is the same year Nissan set a, did set a legitimate record up the Goodwood Hill in a Leaf. Uh, they reversed it up. It was the fastest car to cover the 1.16 mile straight. It took one minute and 37 seconds. Uh, <laughs> but I think this Leaf Nismo will be there because it's... It's it's one of those moments where they go, look, we can have a proper go at this and we can go. We can show that this is good fun. Um, and I know it looks like and I, I always think the leaf, the, the Gen 1 leaf looks a little bit like a, a sort of stylized shovel. But with it this, looks, honestly, it looks like the Lotus and the Roadster a little bit from the front there. <laughs> well, with with, with, it, with its beefy body lamps. kit, this thing looks mega. I really like it. So not only is it got this. Why did they make this for real? Like, um, come I, on. I, I think because no one would buy them. I think that might be it. <laughs> Do you want but to spend it looks more... real fast. <laughs> it looks real fast. If it looks fast, it is fast, unless it's got 107 horsepower. Um, but um, I, th I think it's one of those moments in time things where this will be the car that, that went up Goodwood Hill that was that kind of moment of it showed people that these things could be exciting. So I remember wandering around Goodwood, even the last uh, like four or five years ago, pre-pandemic, pre and you'd listen to people stood by the side of the hill and when an electric car goes up, you'd hear sort of boys going, oh, this isn't very good. And then this year, those opinions have changed. They're kind of amazed by the speed and the look and the grace of them. So this can be pinpointed to one of those cars that at least started to change the conversation. And for me, that's, that's where I'd put it there. Um, anyway, friends, we have reached our hour, which is a great shame because it means we'll have to say goodbye to both of you for another week. Uh, but thank you everyone in the comments for your for your lovely feedback uh, sorry I didn't read out as many of them as I should have done which means next week I will definitely read one out if you would like to get involved in any way shape or form do get in touch via contact at insideevs.com leave comments on social channels uh, you can find us in various places uh, on the internet Hazel what's your what's your Twitter how can people get hold of you uh, my ex or whatever your ex I, I call it, it these, uh, yeah what, whatever it is is um at h southwell fe um and lacy uh i'm pretty sure everyone knows where to find you but just in case they don't at miss go electric on x and instagram and all the all the things youtube all those yep every single one of them just miss go electric <laughs> excellent and uh, i am on at a1 goy a1 g o y everywhere there's a weird reason behind it but that's another story for another day so for now thank you all so much for watching we will see you same time same place i'll definitely be in the same place i'll be in my office um but we'll see you next week thanks very much and goodbye
I'm loving the silent waving. 